You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. Oh, boy. The Browns get a win in week number one of the season. It's been since 2004. You don't need to be in England to talk about the House of York. Cleveland is now Cade's country. Hi, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. I saw Daryl Ryder gave me a chuckle there, so I had to hang tight for a second. Welcome to the podcast. We'd love having you on board with It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. This is our first post-game podcast. And, Daryl, we are talking about a win. And the uh, Carolina Panther logo at midfield is now officially Yorktown. Well played. Well played. How many of these York references will we have over the next two, three weeks? I don't know. I I just hope we don't blow through them here early in the season, but I have a feeling we're going to. Look, I mean, it's great that the Browns won because, thank God, they almost blew it. Um, they, they were up 20, uh, to seven and then they fell behind 24, 23, uh, with a buck 13 on the clock. Uh, look, I mean, Jacoby Brissett wasn't great. Thank God they drafted Cade York. This is why they drafted him. Uh, he scored the final 13 points of the afternoon for the Cleveland Browns. And it was just enough to beat the Carolina Panthers in that 58 yard field goal. My God, Andy, that, that thing was good from 65 i I mean it it was was it even close it was it's why they drafted him we also want to remind you and we want to thank everybody that's listening to it's always game day in cleveland to remind you that we are brought locally by smiley one heating cooling and plumbing bryant and smiley one the right choice for your comfort and i gotta tell you i was not comfortable at all much like the folks that were in charlotte today where the humidity was like 90 percent Everybody was sweating, and I kind of wonder if that's why the Browns' running game uh, got a little bit different towards the end of the contest. But that that's not the point. The point is, is that the Browns won today. 
it wasn't pretty, but Daryl, I really feel like this is going to be the blueprint for the next 10 games until Deshaun Watson gets here. Yeah, it was uh, something that I had mentioned in my top takeaways uh, article uh, on the website. Like, this is it. This is how the Browns are going to have to win. Jacoby Brissett, quite frankly, was not very good today. In fact, he was downright awful. Uh, But he did just enough. He did what they expect him to do, and that is not make any mistakes that cost him football games. Like, that is or was the benefit of having Jacoby Brissett on the field. He didn't fumble. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't make any critical mistakes. But he missed a lot of easy throws, a lot of wide-open throws. I mean, look, they should have ran Carolina out of that stadium, uh, quite frankly. They really should have. I mean, they were taking them to the woodshed, especially in the first quarter and in the first half. And the fact that they were only up uh, at at halftime by uh, such a, uh, in my estimation, just based on how that first half went, by such a slim margin at 17 to 7, um, you know, they allowed Carolina to hang around because of Jacoby Brissett's inability to effectively throw the football. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones, my God, I think they do, I think they found a second receiver on this team. He had six catches today, all of them heavily contested i mean he had a defender on him like a tablecloth on a table every single uh one of those catches he was outstanding but yeah this is going to be the formula nick chubb kareem hunt and hope that jacoby Brissett doesn't do anything stupid that costs him games and jacoby Brissett's reputation is he doesn't do anything stupid on the field to cost you games and we we saw that today he he uh didn't physically play great but he played a smart football game and he was nails on that final drive to get them to the 40 yard line. So York could get on the field and kick that uh, field goal. All right. So Daryl, let's look at that blueprint a little bit more because I don't think there are very many teams around the NFL that had this ratio of 39 rushes uh, to what 18 passes. And uh, again, you're right. Brissett is, I think what Kevin Stefanski ordered, it would have been nice if they could have done a little bit more late and put the thing away, but I, I just don't see any game being put away. But early on in the game, Daryl, I kept saying to myself, run, 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 even more than what we just saw with the ratio that I was talking about. I mean, they only had 17 passing plays today. Well, well it, or 18. No, no, it was actually 34. They, they had 34 uh, attempts today. I, I'm sorry, 18 receiving. They had 18 Completion. catches, 18 right. catches. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I said that wrong. Sorry. Right. So, it was 35 designed runs, 22 to Nick Chubb, 11 to Kareem Hunt, two of them to Anthony Schwartz, which, by the way, that's the only way Anthony Schwartz should ever touch a football, okay, is on end arounds. But um, uh, so you had uh, 35 designed, and then you had 34 pass plays. So actually, that that's basically a 50-50 ratio. And, and I'll be honest with you, Andy, don't have a problem with that. I, I really don't. I just need the quarterback to have better production than completing 18 passes for a buck 47. That's what it comes down to. When you get Amari Cooper wide open multiple times, A, you have to see that he's open and get him the football, or B, you need to make a good throw so that he can run under the thing and walk into the end zone. And uh, Brissett did not do that, but All's well that ends well. But this this is what these games, I think, are going to look like here uh, over uh, the next uh, two and a half to three months. 
you know, it's funny you talk about Anthony Schwartz. He did come up with a big catch late in the game, which was like, all right, so maybe it's a reminder that the preseason doesn't mean anything. And then Kevin Stefanski after the game said, this is why he's still here. But I agree with you, Daryl. When they used him on the end of round, I'm like, all right, they're getting him some confidence to do the things that he needs to do. Yeah, got 10, averaged 10 yards per carry on those end rounds, got 20 yards. But you're, you know, I, I will give him credit, came up with that big 19 yard uh, reception to, uh, to, to move the sticks. But I, I'm not going to lie, when I saw the ball get thrown to him, I, I wanted to hide under my desk for a second until I realized that he went down and he made the catch. Uh, he's such a nice kid, too. I, I feel bad, you know, for, for picking on him a little bit. But I, it, I mean, it's, it's pro sports, it's, it's a results. Uh, oriented uh, uh, business. And and there are questions about whether or not he can produce at the level, but um, three positive plays out of him today. Uh, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, was outstanding. Uh, Amari Cooper, uh, only three catches for 17 yards, but there were missed opportunities on uh, Brissett's behalf to really get him some big explosive plays. And that's not on Amari Cooper. That's on Jacoby Brissett. Also want to spend, or I should say, send a special thank you uh, out on behalf of the Cleveland Browns to Matt Rule <laughs> and the Carolina Panthers for only giving Christian McCaffrey 10 carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. Thank you very, very much. Because that dude should have wrecked the Browns afternoon. I, I just, I don't. I thought it was coming in the second half. You could kind of smell it. After he scored the touchdown, I'm like, we don't need to give this guy any mo. And I thought it was coming. They put the game in Baker Mayfield's hands. Uh, you know, Mayfield 16 to 27 overall for 235. Uh, and uh, that 75 yard touchdown that came off the blown uh, coverage uh, was intercepted once. Uh, the pressure really kind of got to him uh, defensively. Uh, had four fumbled exchanges, including before that go-ahead field goal with a buck 13 to go, uh, where he just basically had to fall on the football and preserve uh, uh, possession. Five passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. He was sacked four times, two of those on back-to-back plays by uh, Miles Garrett. So they dialed up the heat on him, and for three and a half quarters, it was brilliantly effective. But, uh, you know, uh, there, there were a couple of sparks in there, and it really looked like <laughs> it was going to end badly for uh, the Browns when he was able to lead them down the field for that go-ahead field goal. All right, Daryl, let's talk about Cade York for a second because he was in studio with Jeff and I this week. And it was – I mean, I'm looking at this kid going, he's only 21 years old, and he's got a lot of pressure on him. But, man, he was cool as ice when he kicked that 58-yard field goal today. And it was interesting to hear him say – Last week when LSU lost to Florida State because their kicker missed the kick, who, by the way, was their fourth string kicker last year, and everyone was all over the kid. Cade not only stuck up for him, but shared the story that he was getting death threats from idiots that thought he was still the kicker at LSU. I mean, imagine how unnerving that was. Yeah, I, I'm looking at your face when you hear that. Cade told us that on the air, that people were on Twitter like giving him death threats over the fact that FSU lost the game, but they still thought he was the kicker there. And you know what was weird? I think I'd be a little rattled by that. And he was just like, mm, they're just silly. It's stupid. And he just rolled off. And the kid is ice. He's absolute ice. Ready to fit him for his gold jacket, baby. <laughs> statue yet? Is he ready for a statue? No. Uh, no, not yet. But That's what? after the gold jacket? After the gold jacket. You got to get a gold jacket to get the statue. Is it, aren't those the rules? 
I think they're the rules. I'm, I'm fairly I think so. I think so. But um, Clay Matthews was able to make it into the Ring of Honor without being in the Hall of Fame. So we'll, well see what are happens. They like. put, are they going to put York 58 in the Ring of Honor now? Since they have finally uh, killed the curse in week yes. one. And uh, they are 1-0 for the first time since uh, 2004. Uh, as I wrote, pigs are not flying. Uh, cats and dogs may be living together. Choirs of angels somewhere are singing. The Browns are 1-0 by some <laughs> act of God off the foot of uh, Cade York. Uh, the Browns are 1-0. Uh, Has anybody of- talked to Phil Dawson yet? Has anyone done the interview with Phil Dawson yet to find out what this means to him? Yeah. All right, Daryl, let's take a quick time out. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Knock yourself out. Give us some stars. If you don't like it, eh, you can give us negative feedback. We don't really care, but we're just glad you're listening, and we're glad you're subscribing, and we're super happy that the Browns picked up their first win of the season, 26-24 over the Panthers. When we come back, we will hear from Baker Mayfield, What did he have to say after the game? You're listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. The Browns, a 26-24 winner. Welcome to the uh, It's Always Game Day in Cleveland post-game report. Uh, And we'll be doing this every time the Browns play. So whether they play on a Sunday or Thursday or get a game flex late in the season, we'll be with you after the game. Daryl, a lot of stuff going on in the locker room. There was a lot of talk, and the, the whole story was about Baker Mayfield. I will tell you that I'm glad that we'll be able to turn the page on this after today because the Browns were able to get the win. But if Baker Mayfield would have had, had come back and had a game-winning drive, I do not want to go to work tomorrow. Not going to lie. But they won, so I do want to go in for a victory Monday. What did Baker have to say after the game? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, they, they he almost had the game-winning drive. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the Browns had a, a minute 13. And look, it, it started really brutal for him. He threw for seven yards in the first quarter. Um, at, at halftime, he was at a buck one. He threw for, uh, he was six of eight for 134 and the 75 yard touchdown uh, in the second half. But he did talk about the buildup, what everyone thought this game would be. Everybody made this out to be the Super Bowl, but despite, uh, what everybody's going to make this. There's 16 more games. The Super Bowl is not till February. Um, this is the beginning of September. So, like I said, um, a lot of anticipation, but we're going to flush this. We're going to learn it, and we're going to be better better from it. Mm, he still has flush this in his repertoire. We've, we heard flush this quite a bit in his uh, post-game uh, remarks uh, this afternoon. 
16 to 27, 235 yards, that one touchdown, one interception. I, you know, as much as you want to say Baker was horrible in the first half, he did lead his team back and give them the opportunity to try to win the game. So I do think even if you don't like Baker Mayfield, you do have to tip your cap to the fact that he was able to give his team the opportunity, a chance to win. And by the way, they'll be talking about uh, the personal foul for a long time on that last drive for the Browns before the field goal because – Let's face it. The Browns haven't caught a lot of breaks since 1999. That, that was play a was a break. That was a break. That, that, that was a, a a big big break because, uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, Jacoby was a victim of some friendly fire. I think that's fair to say. That was some very friendly fire. But um, Baker was uh, was also asked though uh, if he watched Cade York kick the 58 yard field goal. It's a long field goal. That kid's got a leg on him. I mean, that's, um, that's a hell of a kick, to be honest with you. Um, but like I said, shouldn't come down to that. We should have started faster, had more points on the board and take care of the ball and uh, not, not leave our defense in that situation. That's, that's what I'm most disappointed about because they, they fought, they fought, they fought. I mean, that's, that's a great offensive rushing attack they had there today. I mean, um, being in it, seeing it from the other side, it's, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Browns had 217 yards on the ground today, and then you end up with uh, Nick Chubb with 141 and Kareem Hunt with 46. That that ground attack was something special. I, I, I have a question for you. Did he sound a little envious there? Go ahead. Tell me. When he... That we have a kicker? No. Well, besides that, but... That's a great offensive rushing attack they had there today. I mean, um, being in it... He, Seeing it from the other side, it's it's brutal. I don't know. Sounded a little envious. He got a uh, What if he has a little? What if he misses Nicky Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt? Huh? I mean, he's got well, Christian. They used- but they didn't use him today. Thank again. Yeah. Thank you, Matt Rule. Thank you. Cards are in the mail. Thank you for not using your best player on offense and being a stupid coach. Thank you. But- is that is that ripping Matt Rule? No, I don't think he's ripping Matt Rule. Okay, I, okay. I, I, no, I think that's envy. I think he misses Nicholas Jamal Chubb, which, by the way, Baker did say after the game, he did get his hug from Nick Chubb. And Miles Garrett also came up uh, uh, and uh, visited uh, with him uh, briefly. Uh, he was asked about getting to see some familiar faces. It's always good to see familiar faces. Um, emotional. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get too much into that. But just, it was good to see some people. Obviously, disappointing with the way things finished. Would love to have the bragging rights against those guys, but uh, we didn't finish. Um, mostly because we didn't start fast. It's a good point. Uh, Jacoby Brissett on the other side uh, was very emotional in his press conference after the game, and yeah, you could see he was just choked up about the opportunity to even be playing and to have the, the, I mean, he's played in six or he's been listed as played in 60 NFL games, you know, he's, or he's been on the roster for 60 NFL games, but the opportunity for him to go out there and start, he's, you know, he's had some opportunity, but not, not the chance to lead a team week one. And I mean, he knows he's a quarterback for at least 11 games this season. And, you know, I was, I, I don't know if I was shocked, but I was just, I've always thought Jacoby's super cool and to see him, you know, kind of break down on the podium a little bit about just the overwhelming feelings of being a quarterback in the NFL and appreciating the chance to to be the starter of this team. Um, you can see why the Browns trust him, and you can see why he cares so much about trying to get a victory. 
Yeah. And um, again, as we've talked about um, that, what you saw against the Panthers is what you can expect from Jacoby Brissett for the next 10 games. Now one, one game down 10 to go. Um, But that is what you can expect. Um, He's not going to be great, but he's not going to do things and make mistakes that cost you. And that's what we saw in Carolina. And then uh, he obviously they got the break with the roughing the passer penalty. Um, They gave him an easy 15 yards, but he was able to maneuver them and uh, get them to the, uh, the 40 yard line. So Cade York could have got the the other break that he caught was the intentional grounding flag that got picked up. Cause I don't know if you're like, I don't think you can fake it and then ground it. Like, I don't think, I don't think you can fake the spike and spike it, which is what they said he did. And it looked like he did that by the way, the officiating not great. Um, when you don't know how to enforce penalties, that's not good. We saw that. Um, but it's week one for them too, though. Yeah, but you know what, have... uh, Daryl? I, I normally would sit here and rip them, and if the Browns would have lost because of a bad call, I'd be oh, crushing them. The Daryl, how game. many times? How many times have we seen that go against the Browns since 1999? Man, it feels like every week. You know, I was like. On the roughing the passer call, I was sitting with Jamal White watching the game, and, and we were just like, oh, my God, that's a horrible call, and the Browns caught a huge break. But you know what? The Browns don't normally catch those breaks, so good for them. We finally got one. Finally. It doesn't well, happen very I, often. When I saw the flag, I thought it was going to be a holding penalty, and then I saw the replay, and I was like, yeah, that still shouldn't be a flag. <laughs> no. I, Jamel started talking about you know having a teammate who took his helmet off at the end of the game, and that cost him a yep. win, right? Do we have to go there? Oh, I, I, yeah. Daryl, we haven't talked about the defense very much so far. Uh, they did end up with four sacks. They looked amazing to start the game, and it was like going down that first hill of the blue streak, I guess, at Cedar Point or Millennium or Magnum or whatever you want to call it, um, that it, it just seemed to get away from them, especially when Baker was able to pick up the big plays. And that touchdown to uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, it was like, what happened to that coverage? Yeah, the uh, overall, though, the defense played, I thought, uh, very good. Um, they really had the heat up on Baker all afternoon long. Um, five Again, five batted passes at the line of scrimmage. But they did look. I mean, they had a couple of miscommunications in the secondary, which guess what killed them last year on defense? Miscommunications in the secondary, right? And it's always... You got to love it. Like every time there's a blown coverage in the secondary, it's supposed, oh, I thought the safety was coming over to help out on it. It's never the cornerback's fault. It's always the safety's fault, right? Right. Every, every single time. It's like, I thought, this, I thought the safety was going to come over, right? When you're watching the game and the analysts are breaking it down. See, I hear he, they released them and the safety's supposed to come over. And that's why you got everyone standing out there holding their arm, hands up. Like, what the hell just happened? Da, 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 da. So, um, <laughs> It, but so I'm not going to sit here and, and and like place the blame on anybody because I have zero clue what the defensive responsibilities are on any given play. I have no idea. I'm not in Joe Wood's ear. He's not in my ear telling me what they're doing. So it's easy to say, hey, Grant Delpit blew this coverage or so-and-so blew this coverage. Like we have no idea who blew. All we know is somebody in the secondary screwed up 
There were a couple of screw-ups in that game. And thankfully, when the dust settled, because one of the screw-ups actually set up Christian McCaffrey's touchdown run. Okay? So those two screw-ups cost them 14 points. If if you think if you if you think in those terms, Andy, so uh, which made this thing a hell of a lot closer than it needed to be or should have been. Just the same thing as I was saying earlier about Jacoby Brissett. Had he been better in the game, it would not have been a game uh, at the end. Same thing goes with those those uh, you know two uh, blown coverages. So um, it happens. But the bottom line is, when they needed to hold, they did. Uh, because after the horse collar penalty, that which was that was a legit call. JJ three had him inside the 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 collar, the pads. There, you can't pull a guy from behind like that. Um, so that was a legit call, and that's what put him in field goal uh, position ultimately. But the defense held; they get they held him to the field goal there, and and there was just barely enough time on the clock for that Browns offense. All in all, though, I think the defense did a pretty good job. You allow 54 a, yards on the ground. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's pretty impressive, especially when Christian McCaffrey's on the other side. And, you know, we spent two weeks listening to people say, well, you guys are worried about the wrong thing. Quit worrying about Baker. Start worrying about Christian McCaffrey. I know he got stepped on this week at practice. and They had to put that on the injury report, right. but it did look like he was about to set fire in the second half, and they kind of went away from it. Look, I mean, Carolina was 4 for 11 on third down. That's a little over 36%. I will take that for the rest of the season if if that's what the Browns are able to do. If you can give me a 36% uh, ratio on third down defensively, sign me up for that every uh, single week. Total net yards. They didn't even get uh, – they barely got past 260. Um, uh, you mentioned the net yards rushing just 54. Net yards passing just barely over 200. We're not going to mention what the Browns' net yards passing were because it was a lot worse than just barely over 200. It was 138. <laughs> um, All right, Whisperer. Let's do this. Let's take a quick timeout. I want to hear from Big- – I mean, I'm sorry. I want to hear from Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I want to hear from Jacoby Brissett. As I said, he was a little bit emotional after the game. Uh, we'll hear what he had to say about the big kick at the end, and uh, we're going to look ahead to the Jets game too. So that's all coming up straight ahead on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's always game day in Cleveland. We continue on with the post-game show as we talk a little bit more, our post-game podcast, I should say. Uh, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe 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 to the podcast we love having you on board and if you ever want to get a hold of us we're available on instagram and we are able to get a hold of uh you can get a hold of us on instagram or facebook okay so the browns win 26 24 first time since uh 2004 they get a win in the first week of the season how about the head coach after the game um you know again just one game i expected that but you know, it's nice to start the season without worrying about being on the hot seat for at least one week, right? 
yeah, it, that, that is a, uh, a nice change of pace. Uh, although had they lost that game, uh, <laughs> it would have been, I am telling you, I would not have wanted to go to work tomorrow. It I might've called in sick. Yeah, it, it, it would have been ugly. Uh, here's Kevin Stefanski after. Offensively fought like crazy. I know the stats maybe aren't pretty. I don't care. Uh, and then, you know, the kicking game, um, Cade came through and, and we knew he was going to come through us at some point. Uh, here it is in game one and, and the kid just knocks it down the middle. So really proud of those guys again for fighting. Uh, you know, I did remind them in there, this counts as one. It's one game. We're, we're one and over and we got the biggest game of our life next season, uh, next week. And <laughs> no, we had the biggest game of our life next season. I mean, next week. We're playing next week. <laughs> yeah, let's stop. We are we're winning. We were undefeated this season. See you later. Goodbye. We're good. For the first time ever uh, in generations, the Cleveland Browns are undefeated in uh, <clears throat> just to start a year. Here, uh, here's some more Stefanski talking about uh, basically just, you know, uh, winning the way we all expect them to uh, without Deshaun Watson. And that is U-G-L-N-Y. You're so focused on the task at hand and what we need to do. I mean, they, they get the big play. They're in field goal territory. Great job by our defense to hold them to three. Obviously, uh, that was huge. And then it's, all right, we're coming back, and you're just in the moment, just figuring out what you got to do to get a win. And any which way, you got to find a way to win. And they did that. And Again, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this. If they do pick up victories, we're going to be talking about these games like this for the next 11 games. Like, I just feel like slogan this year, we win ugly Cleveland Browns football 2022. There's already a t-shirt that's been printed. I'm sure there are 50,000 people that already have it. (laughs) Win ugly. It's what they're going to be. And that's okay. I feel like they chipped away one game closer to Deshaun Watson being the starting quarterback. That's, that's kind of how you have to look at it. But Jacoby Brissett was, as I said, was emotional after the game. It wasn't pretty, but he did what he had to do. And I do think that Kevin Stefanski appreciates the fact that he has a quarterback that he feels like he's on the same page with, or at least will execute what he wants out on the field. Yeah, uh, exactly. And uh, and Jacoby Brissett, in turn, is very thankful for Cade York. Coming in, everybody obviously knew about Cade and, and uh, seeing the kicks that he's made throughout his college career. Uh, and, and I mean, we like I said, we saw him in practice do it. Um, you see the, the work that he puts in, the confidence he has, uh, and um, and it showed up today uh, in the biggest moment. And I and he is probably the happiest guy right now because instead of us talking about how poorly Jacoby Brissett played f- for the duration of this podcast, right, and that being the reason why the Cleveland Browns were unable uh, to win a, a game that, quite frankly, they should have uh, won in a rout, we're sitting here talking about just an incredible uh, gutsy kick by Cade York and how I guess like it's we're going to come to expect that right uh, from him. And that like that's a good thing. Uh, there's no no nerves sending him out there in, in that spot. But if you're Kevin Stefanski and you know all you need to do is get to your opponent's 35 or 40 yard line. And you got points in your back pocket, right? I think that opens things up for him. Now, what was curious early in the game is the first to drive, right? Did right. not kick the 53-yard field goal. He went for it. And that was right after Jacoby had missed that third down throw down the field to Amari Cooper. Cooper could have caught that thing and, and strutted in backwards into the end zone. Uh, and then he came back on fourth down 
and he was wide of Donovan Peoples-Jones, who tried to make a toes in bounds, his entire body out of bounds catch um, and wasn't able to do it. And so they turned it over on downs. But, you know, Stefanski showed us again, he's going to remain aggressive on fourth down, but to have a weapon like that's that's the biggest for me, Andy, takeaway. Yes, we're all impressed with Cade York's uh, leg. I'm as guilty as anybody of super hyping him up and blowing him up uh, during training camp with some of the kicks that I saw, but that dude is now a weapon for the Cleveland Browns. They have a weapon and it feels good. for a kicker. And how about on the kickoff, so, right? They get the penalty, and on the kickoff, they back him up, and dude still kicks it through the uprights after a penalty, having an even longer kick. So – he is really, truly a unique weapon for the Cleveland Browns. That's That, to me, is like really super exciting, aside from the fact that he hit the 58-yard game winner. So I thought it was interesting after the game, Stefanski said that in that first opportunity, when you were talking about where they decided to go for it on fourth down, he said he didn't want to put Cade York in that position to have to hit a super long field goal because it would have been like 50-plus. And he said that he wanted to put the young guy out there um, in a position to try to get moving with a little bit of momentum, some shorter field goals, some extra points, so that he could kind of get the feel for what it was like in an NFL game. I'm sure the kid would have been like, Coach, I mean, look, I kicked at LSU. I know what I'm doing. I remember how cocky I was when I first got drafted. Okay, well, I know I've toned it down a little bit, but I can make that. I'm sure he would have loved the opportunity to go out there. And, Daryl, let's not kid ourselves. You had confidence in him. I had confidence in him mainly because of what he was able to do in that last preseason game before the game, kicking a 70-yard field goal. And I know there's no pressure in that situation, but, that you know, like I said, he was in studio with this week. That kid is ice, and it's hard to believe he was in high school four years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, his first two kicks were PATs. Then he uh, got a 26-yarder, which is shorter than a PAT these days. A 34-yarder and a 36-yarder, and then was sent out there to kick the game-winning 58-yarder. Probably, yeah. So to Stefanski's point, didn't want to put him in that spot, but well, welcome to the National Football League, kid. <laughs> well, you're going to have a fan club. They're going to be wearing York jerseys before the end of the week. Darryl, let's... is about to become Yorktown. Hey, there we go. I got two Yorktown references in. There we are. Well done, well done. No battle when you live in York. Now that's not good. That's a bad one. Okay, listen. Let's look ahead to next week because the Browns come home. They take on the Jets. Um, the Jets uh, did not look good today against the Ravens. Twenty-four to nine, the final on that. Lamar Jackson. Uh, 213 yards, three touchdowns as he sits and debates with uh, Steve Biscotti, the owner of that team, about what his next contract should look like, considering they shut it down. If I hear any more whining about the fact that Biscotti's all mad about the fact that the Browns had all that guaranteed money for Deshaun Watson, I just say, boo-hoo, pay your quarterback. I'm done. Don't, I'm tired of it. Stop using the Browns to defeat you. Don't you remember? You guys stole the team from Cleveland. Uncle, uncle, uncle. I have no sympathy for the Ravens. Pay the guy before you lose him because he'll be in another uniform next year if well, they don't pay him. Look, maybe bailing Art Modell out was just a little too expensive for Steve Biscotti, and it hurt <laughs> him today. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Maybe he had to pay for a wide receiver that he couldn't afford. I don't know. Oh, wait. That's, is that I, yeah, too soon? Maybe he's got to go do some panhandling at Banks in downtown Baltimore to get money for Lamar Jackson. Like, if I'm Lamar Jackson, every time – 
every time I throw a touchdown or run for a touchdown, I'm doing the uh, the Johnny Manziel show me the money. Oh. I'm just, but not not like arms wide open though, like Manziel would do. I would just like right in front of my right below my chin. I'd just be like, just show me the money every every time. Every is time the, money. Is he the new Andre Risen? I I don't know, but I I, I am I am kind of surprised that the Ravens did not get him taken care of. Uh, what's even more interesting is that it looks like the leakage on the negotiations came from neither party that it came from the NFLPA, which if it did, I would think is somewhat problematic, but I, I think the numbers were 133 guaranteed 250 overall for six years, which puts him in the Deshaun Watson annual earnings ballpark, but it's not fully guaranteed. And look, um, the NFL owners are trying to make sure that there is never another Deshaun Watson contract for a quarterback. I get it. I don't care like you, right? Ain't my money. Don't care. They got. I don't them. care. Got the money. They can afford it. Um, and yeah, they charge seventeen dollars for a beer at a game. They can do whatever they want. Right. I'm not. I don't feel sorry for the NFL owners in that situation. The, the Browns all. are going to be charging ninety five dollars to tailgate at the Science Center. So that just to put things in, right? I mean, right. Like, the, the NFL prints money, and the fans just fork fork it over. So. Uh, I, I have no sympathy for any of these owners when it comes to player salaries. And I'm all about the players getting every dollar uh, that they can because their careers uh, are a play away, quite frankly, from being over. And and I'm not being negative. No, uh, I agree with you. Like that's just they're putting their bodies on the line each and every week. But um, looking forward to the, the Jets flying into town. Um, I, I have a feeling that uh, it uh, should be a very festive home opener for the Browns uh, based on what we saw from uh, the Jets uh, against the Ravens. And, um, you know, uh, I, I just overall, Andy, I love what I saw from the running game offensively. For the most part, I like defensively what I saw. Uh, love the kicking game. Uh, Demetric Felton scares the crap out of me uh, catching punts. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my week one review for the Cleveland Browns. Jacoby Brissett, yuck running game. Awesome. Kicker. Awesome. Defense. Mostly awesome. Demetric Felton scares the daylights out of me fielding punts. There you go. Fair enough. There's your assessment. All right. This has been the first post game. It's always game day in Cleveland. For our amazing producer, Meredith Kane, we say thank you for listening. Again, if you like the podcast, all you need to do is subscribe, give us a couple notes, give us some stars, do whatever it takes. We appreciate you, and we appreciate you listening. Again, if you want to get a hold of us on Instagram, on Twitter, at GameDayCLE. The Browns win week one. It's always game day in Cleveland.